Hello! Welcome to Cheese the Day, the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op. My name is Veronica, and I am the cheese head at the North Coast Co-op Arcata location, and I'm here with my fellow cheese nerd, Thomas. I'm the cheese head at our Eureka location. Today we're going to... We're going to continue with cheese FAQs. (laughs) Questions we get about cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Both in that we get this question from customers and that we really get the question. You know, we identify with people asking the questions. And probably some questions that you haven't thought of yet. Oh, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I was responsible for coming up with these questions, so a lot of them are from my unique and frankly unusual mind, I'd say. (laughs) (laughs) I did it before breakfast, so some of these are are a little special. Hmm. All right. All right. So, let's dive in. Uh, Let's do a little role-playing. So I'll be the customer. You could be the cheesemonger for the first one. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This is a cheese that I'm holding in my hand right here. Will it keep on my trip home, on my backpacking trip on my road trip will this Mm. cheese keep how long will it last in my fridge this is a really big question it is a big question and it's it very determined on what cheese you've got in your hand if you've got a dry hard aged cheese or well i guess dry jack isn't aged for that long but any dry hard cheese is great for that really long drive home or i don't know packing your bag on the plane Or on a backpacking trip. Uh, If it's a soft, young, delicate cheese, it's going to... You you probably want to keep that at a cooler temperature. So you want to make sure if you've got... I don't know, if you came in from out of the hills in Hubble County and you've got an hour drive and it's going to be really hot inland where you're going, maybe you want to put it in a cooler on your way home. But if you're just driving home for, I don't know, 10 minutes... It'll be fine. Yeah. My, my rule of thumb is pretty much any cheese is going to be fine for your commute home if your commute home is yeah, you know, within town or, or within a, a yeah. reasonable driving distance. And I think most people are wondering with our pre-cut, pre-wrapped cheeses, they're wondering like, well, how long is this going to last in my fridge? Well, first of all, you shouldn't hope that you can hold on to the cheese for like a month in your fridge. You should eat more cheese than that, really. <laughs> if you've still got that cheese, the problem isn't with the cheese. The cheese, the problem yeah. is is with how much you love cheese. It's it's a natural food product, and you hope it's not full of a bunch of, I don't know, other things to make it last longer. So yeah, the cheese could be full of preservatives that aren't good for you, and people make that cheese. Yeah, uh, it, they sell cans of cheese, but you didn't want a can of cheese. You wanted. A nice fresh block of garlic jack yeah. to melt all over your potatoes. Yeah. Generally, the more moisture a cheese has, the more prone it will be to get moldy or go go south in some way or another. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the answer I give to a lot of our customers is it kind of depends on your fridge because, like, not all fridges are created equal. They can be different temperatures. They can be different humidities inside. But most importantly... If you're going to eat that cheese and wrap it back up and stick it back in your fridge, what did it get cross-contaminated with in the meantime? 
Mm-hmm. I've definitely eaten cheese at meals, wrapped it back up and put it in my fridge, only to have it sprout a colony of interesting-looking bacteria later. Because I was like, oh, I guess, yeah, no, we were eating that on a cheese board that also featured all of these other things. All kinds of vegetables that came from the ground, all kinds of other molds on other cheeses, uh, meats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So keep your cheese clean and keep it safe. (laughs) Keep it safe. Yes. All right. And how much cheese should I get? Thomas, I'm going to have a cheese party. This is another really big question. Uh, Cheese experts that have to answer this question on the internet have said two to three ounces per person of cheese is a good amount. I personally think that's probably anticipating that the cheese is going to be used as like a snack or a cheese course. Yeah, as part of a larger meal. If there's a bunch of other things on that cheese board, cheese to a potluck. Two, three ounces is fine. Right. Uh, Some people really like cheese. Some people want to eat a lot of cheese. Some people can eat half a pound in a sitting, no problem. And you'll probably have guests that don't want cheese. Maybe they're lactose intolerant. That's true, too. cheese averse. If they're lactose intolerant or cheese averse, uh, consider adding a vegan cheese to your selection. That's a tip. Oh, yeah. Yep. Could definitely do that. Yeah, but in general, two to three ounces is good. Uh, any recipe will will ask for how much you need. Uh, a lot of recipes say they call for a cup of shredded cheese, but we don't sell shredded cheese by volume. We usually sell it by weight. So mm-hmm. I would say you can eyeball it, but if you get a little extra, that's not the end of the world. No, no one's ever going to complain that you've got too much cheese. Extra cheese left over is okay. Yeah, you can find some way to use that. Put it in an omelet the next morning. Or just eat it. Or just eat it. Yeah. At midnight. (laughs) After all the guests have gone home. (laughs) And it's all yours. Yes. (laughs) All right. Uh, I have this cheese Mm -hmm. in my hand, this lovely garlic jack. Yeah, I see. I want to mail it to my friend in some other place, Poughkeepsie. (laughs) I want to mail it to my friend in Poughkeepsie. Uh, What's the best way to package it? How do I send cheese through the mail? Well,. Again, course, it depends on the cheese. It depends on the cheese. If you have, okay, say I get asked in the holiday season a lot, people want to mail locally made Humboldt County cheeses to friends out of the area. Yeah, gotta so send that Humboldt Fog for Cypress Christmas. Grove, Humboldt Fog gets used as gifts a lot. You can, you can even though that's a, a bloomy rind, delicate cheese... You can still pack that into a, a little insulated box and put an ice pack in there, and you can send that. Yeah. Maybe not pick the two-week option for shipping. <laughs> yeah, don't send it, like, media rate or slow boat it anywhere. Right, right. But you don't have to choose one-day delivery either, or two-day. Yeah, you want an ice pack that's going to make the trip. And I always suggest to people... In addition to putting something cold in there, put lots of insulation in there. Mm-hmm. Because how cold that cold pack stays will depend entirely on how your insulation. How long it lasts staying cold. Yeah. But yeah, especially if when the cheese arrives, it's not going to then be wrapped up and stuck in the fridge for a month. Yeah. They're probably going to want to enjoy it right away anyway. It'll be 
totally fine. Also, just if you're giving Cypress Grove Humboldt Fog as a Christmas gift, you have the Christmas spirit. That is a great gift. Kudos to you if you're out there doing that. I would love to get cheese as a gift. Me too. (laughs) Who wouldn't? (laughs) All right. And I want to take some cheese on a plane. I added this question because I did do that. I did take cheese on a plane. I was flying to see some friends for Christmas, actually, and I was bringing them Christmas gifts. So, yes, I did just kudos myself (laughs) in that previous question. Uh, And I talked to TSA about what's allowed. Um, So they make a distinction between hard and soft cheeses, and here's where it gets a little tricky. Very soft cheeses are obviously soft. Very hard cheeses are obviously hard cheeses. But that gray area in the middle, every TSA agent has to make that call in real time. So, so if it's in your carry-on, if it's or in your carry-on, or checked, yes, okay. you're allowed to check any cheese you want. You can pack it as if you were shipping it for a trip, keep it cold, and just put it's it fine. in your packed luggage, your checked bag. It's all fine. If you're bringing cheese as a carry-on which other passengers will definitely thank you for having cheese on the plane and sharing with them. (laughs) Um, If it's a soft cheese, you have to stay under that 3.5 ounce limit as if it's shampoo or other liquids. Oh my goodness. And that counts towards your total overall liquid limit. That's silly. And cheeses like cream cheese, obviously... In that soft category. Right. Uh, I was bringing Humboldt Fog. So that was one of those cheeses. Like, okay, so it's soft around the outside where the mold is proteolizing here and it's mm-hmm. got that cream layer. And inside it's kind of cakey. Um, yeah. Yep. So, and, and my TSA agent said, you know what? That looks like a hard cheese to me. Merry Christmas. And just let me on Very the nice. So uh, if you get a TSA agent that's yeah. on their Friday and they've had a rough week and maybe they're really hungry and they had a really lousy morning, maybe it wouldn't work. There is absolutely the possibility that you end up in the scary back office being interrogated about your cheese. Oh. So plan ahead. Uh, if your cheese, if you're bringing, you know, something that's definitely a firm cheese, go for it. Bring maybe, your cheese snack Maybe with you. bring your... Yeah, your your in-flight snacks. Yeah, make sure make sure those are your cheddars. Uh, if you still want to bring something for Cypress put Grove. Your, put your gift cheese in your checked bag. Yes. If you're paying for a checked bag. If you're paying for a checked bag. Yeah. That, this is turning into a whole, like, air travel thing. <laughs> also, make sure you get to the airport ahead of time. And yes. these are the shoes that are easy to take off to go through the scanners. But Thomas also learned some fun things about what the TSA oh. accepts. Yes, to find this information. So I will hasten to add, rules are always changing as to what you can fly with, but the TSA maintains a handy list of guidances for individual items. And it's substantial. It is substantial. Someone at the TSA has made a list of basically every item in the world. They've just gone through and counted and cataloged every item that you could possibly bring on a plane. Uh, so on that list, it's available on their website. Uh, as you're going through looking for cheese, cheese is uh, soft cheese and hard cheese are two different items on the list, and uh, they're somewhere between brass knuckles, breast milk, 
and then it, you get into the seats. You know, <laughs> cheeses, car seats, uh, keeps going. If you hit dynamite, you've gone too far. <laughs> Go back. Cheese is up there. Uh, good luck searching through that list, though. It is, as far as I can tell, a fully comprehensive list of every item known to man. <laughs> wow. It was an exciting read. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know that when I was uh, coming back from France, I, of course, I took some things with me. Yeah. And I, I packed... I think I had any I didn't have any food in my in my backpack just brass knuckles <laughs> yeah I always have those um, yeah my carry-on I didn't have any food in but in my check bag I had all the things I was bringing back with me and their guidelines for bringing food back from another country was I could you can bring cheese back definitely yeah. but it needs to be in its sealed manufacturer package you That's can't have like excellent clarification. Yeah. yeah, bringing something from another country, yeah. then you've not just the TSA, but customs are involved too. Yeah, now. yeah, and there's all kinds of other rules like you can't bring back sausage, and yeah. so all that boar sausage I had to leave behind. And cheeses, oh, boar <gasps> sausage. Oh. I know, I know, but I brought home some wonderful cheeses, and I'm kicking myself for not bringing back more. I really, really, really should have I'm kicking you for not bringing back, back more, oh. too, because you did share some of those with me. They were yeah. delightful. And I brought back goat cheese potato chips. Remember those? I remember. Chev-flavored potato chips changed my <laughs> life. Oh, those were good. Those were they, so good. They were really, really good. You can order like, them from France online. You can. I But they're in like will any someday. little corner, little mini mart grocery store in France. You can find chef flavored potato chips. It's just a thing. Hmm. And a whole bunch of other stuff that you will blow your mind. But One more reason to go to France. Yes. Well, on that. On that, uh, I'm, I, I think it's snack time. Uh, yes. Oh. Let's continue this list after our short break. Yes. With a word from our sponsors and employers, the North Coast Co-op. Cheese the Day is the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op, your local, member-owned, and organic certified grocery store, where everyone is welcome. Hi, Thomas here. You've been listening to our podcast for a while now, and maybe you're ready to take this commitment to the next level. Maybe you're ready to sign up for our cheese email list. Here's why I think you should. First of all, and this is like really kind of the best reason, when you sign up, we're going to give you a 50% off coupon for Cypress Grove Chev. Not like a little disc of it, the whole log, like a whole log of Cypress Grove Chev for 50% off. You can take it home and put Chev on like all kinds of things. It's great. Second of all, we're not going to spam your email address or sell your information. All we're going to do is every time we release an episode, we're going to send you a little email. It'll have a coupon in there. Maybe it'll have a little article in there about uh, something related to the episode or a fun topic. Cheese-related news, essentially. And you're already here listening to a dedicated cheese podcast put out by a local grocery co-op. So, like, we think you're the right audience for our cheese email list because it's a cheese email list put out by us. Sign up. Northcoast.coop slash cheese. Tell your friends. 
Welcome back to Cheese the Day, which is the actual name of our podcast, and I definitely didn't just mess up the intro. <laughs> so, I have a problem. Me, uh, sorry, I'm role-playing as a customer again? Mm. Oh, okay, yes. let's go. I have a problem. I have this brie, and it smells like cat pee. Help. Oh. Oh. Well, your brie might be getting a little old now. <laughs> Sounds yes. like it's ammoniated. Um, this happens with your your brie's and camemberts and things that are they're, they've just aged a little too much, and the intensity of that ammonia scent can increase. <laughs> or it can be or it could be just like the barest hint and it really it's okay to eat it just depends on your personal preference some people if they even smell the smallest hint of the cheese being ammoniated are instantly turned off and that's it I'm definitely one of those people I don't mm. want my food to smell like ammonia at all if it's if the cheese is ever so slightly ammoniated if you open it up sometimes if you open it up take the packaging off and let it air out for a little bit. Sometimes that will help a lot. Yeah, and I've had that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, if it's if it's right on the cusp, you can get all of that gas to just dissipate and just let it air out for long enough. Right. And then it's edible. Yeah. Uh, as someone who doesn't care for the flavor of ammonia, I will say shamelessly that if a cheese is, so the the ammonia flavor comes from that rind. It's mm-hmm. the rind is aging. On those bloomy rind cheeses, they're they're aging from the outside in. Yeah. So very often, part of the cheese will smell like ammonia, and I just won't eat that part. Like that the, bit of the, the rind very is aging faster. Center of the cheese will exactly. be fine. Yeah. yeah. So I I have cut the rind off of some breeze that was just a little too far gone. Mm-hmm. The inside was fine, but the rind was just not doing it for me. Yeah. That said, yeah. it's perfectly safe to eat. It's a matter of taste. Uh, if, it, if it's just the ammonia smell. Obviously, if it's, like, starting to grow eyeballs and, like, crawl around, it's not yeah, safe to eat yeah, anymore. Yeah, right, right. But uh, we, I, I've helped customers that come in saying, what, I want something, like, real ripe. What's the ripest you've got? I want it to smell exactly like ammonia and just be, like, bright orange in color. Yeah. And be the most intense brie experience I can get. Uh, those customers are fewer and farther between, I think, than mm-hmm. the people who try brie. They buy it very often in a big box grocery store that's maybe not rotating their cheese as often mm-hmm. as they should. Uh, yeah. And they'll they'll try brie, you know, like President Brie from insert name of grocery store here. Right. And they'll bring it home, try it. It tastes like ammonia. And they think, why does everybody like brie so much? This is yeah. disgusting. That was my first brie experience. I thought I just didn't like it. Because the first yeah. brie I had was way over the hill. Well, and there's, there are so many different brie's out there, but President Brie is definitely the one that you see most commonly with the yellow label and, you know, yeah. we've all seen it. Yeah. Um, and that is when it's as perfect as it should be. I feel like it's pretty bland. Yeah, brie. It's, it's it's creamy. It has a little bit of that mushroomy rind flavor that I yeah. like when it's perfect. Yeah. But it's certainly not, you know, like the big, bold French brie's from like Paisan Breton. Yeah. That brie we've got. Oh, that oh. brie's got legs. I love that brie. 
Yeah. Well, and it, that is an unstabilized Brie also. The President Brie is stabilized, which means it's kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't know even, exactly how they stabilize it. I don't it, know either, and I can't. The paste has like a processed feel to it. Yeah, they've like it's very uniform. They've smooth. stopped the ripening process, but it's like evenly ripe all the way through. Yeah, somehow. But the the French brie that we have, the Paisan Breton, is is not stabilized, and it ripens naturally, and is definitely more pungent than the President oh, yeah. brie, and. And that, I love that brie. Oh, it's so, it is wonderful. But I like the kind of stinky brie, and most people are not accustomed to that. If you're used to buying American president brie, buying the French brie that is from France and is made, I think, to the palate of of French customers, the way they want to eat it. And, and yeah, uh, I get returns... Not a lot, a lot, but I, I would, I would say it once every couple months. Yeah, I, a piece will get returned, and it goes through customer service, and I come in the next morning, and there's the cheese in the back stock with a note on it that says the customer returned this. They said it was sour or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, this didn't smell right. And I and I open it up. I'm like, this cheese is beautiful. This is this perfect. Cheese is perfect. So, exactly as the cheesemaker intended it. This, Your beautiful cheese. This little jingle plays in my head every time I find one of those ravaged pieces of cheese with the wrapper half pulled off and sloppily put back on with a note saying this was sour. That's what real French brie smells like. That's just it. That's that's how it's supposed to be. If that's not for you, though, no hard feelings. And obviously, you can return it because... Sometimes, sometimes sometimes it's, it's just, just not for you. It's not your thing. And you know that about yourself, and that's an important thing to know. That's an important <laughs> step on your cheese journey. How how much is too much? Right. I think it hurts me a little bit, though, that people say, this cheese is sour, this is bad. This this Their impression is that the cheese has gone bad. Yeah. The impression is the cheese is incorrect and, somehow. Right. It's not true. It's perfect. No, that... That cheese wonderful. is perfect. I just want to hug that cheese and tell it that it's perfect and beautiful and it can do anything in the world. <laughs> Probably anything like maybe, cheese related. Maybe maybe when you return it, say, wow, I really wasn't expecting this. This wasn't the cheese for me. Can I get a refund? That would make me feel better, I think. At the same time, I have had <laughs> returns for products that were just a bad batch of something and that is useful to know. And we, I have sent that email to the manufacturer and said, hey... Uh, you know this weird this batch flavor. number was weird and actually the, just just recently uh, we had a wheel of manchego tasted like blue cheese that is so got cross contaminated at the factory somehow that is so weird tasted I've, exactly like blue cheese doesn't happen very great, often but but sometimes yeah sometimes we get a return on something and I try to if if I smell something funny when I'm cutting cheese and oh I just made a joke there um <laughs> 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 All day long. All day. The co-op pays Those me jokes. to cut the cheese. <laughs> the first Sorry. time when it happened organically, it was funny, but I, that, that doesn't okay, deserve okay, my pity okay. laugh. I, I would, it would be a fake laugh. You don't want that, do you? The rest of you are laughing. I know. <laughs> um, where was I? Um, uh, sometimes you smell an off flavor as you're, or an yeah, off smell as yeah. you're Yeah, and then I'm, then I'm compelled to taste some more. I, I try to taste cheese throughout the day if I 
feel like I need to know what this batch is like. Yeah, or, or quality whatever. control's important. But sometimes people return things and they're like, that tastes really weird. I don't know. I usually get this and it's never been like this. And I told you that, that, uh, was it Danish Fontina that a customer returned and they said it tasted like a, an electrical short? Like, did I tell you about that? I think so. This, this is happened years, years ago. But, and I was like, what? That's the craziest thing. This customer, what? That just sounds nuts. And then, of course, I have to go and I check that yeah. batch of cheese that's out in the case. And I open one up and it it tasted like, I don't know, they're, the some, some piece of electronics shorted out and smoked out in the same room where the cheese was aging. Or, I don't know. But... <laughs> That was a strange, Thanks strange Thanks a lot, wheel. Denmark. That was very, very strange. <laughs> that is strange. That's never happened to me. I don't want customers to get the wrong idea. I, we've mentioned cat pee, electrical fires. <laughs> uh, all of our cheese is delicious and safe and perfect. Uh, every once in a while, you know, you see them in the news. There are bad batches. Human mistakes happen. Sometimes there's an electrical fire in your cheese factory in Denmark. And... You don't yeah. necessarily catch it before that cheese ends up at uh, someone's house yeah. in Arcata, California. Usually they're on top of that stuff, though, and if there's a recall in something, yes. then we're, we're pulling things. I don't get recalls for cheese very often. Not often at all. No. Um, uh, however, <laughs> in summation, uh, brie, the flavor changes dramatically over the course of its life, and if you're not into those flavors of those cheeses, that's okay. Yeah. But don't blame the cheese. Don't blame it's not the, the cheese. cheese's fault. <laughs> Unless it is. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, Thomas. All right. How can I introduce my friend, my partner, my mother, etc., to fancy cheeses? Fancy cheeses, air quotes. Right. Uh, a lot of people are... A lot of people ask this question. Uh, and a lot of people come to the store with their partners and they're talking to me and once their partner walks away they ask this question <laughs> um, I I have many loved ones that are not fancy air quotes cheese people and it's sad because this, you want to share the thing that you love with your loved ones when you love something you, you want to you share want to that share. with the world it's a beautiful gift to give someone to have them taste a new cheese for the first time that's just extraordinary um, some people aren't going to be able to get there, and I don't think it's a good idea to necessarily push people's boundaries too far. But right. there are a small list of cheeses that are in that fancy realm that are more accessible flavors. One of my favorites is Manchego. Mm-hmm. It's just a lovely, savory flavor. I was just thinking plenty of that. Plenty of salt, plenty of fat, but not like too much of anything. It doesn't, and it's made with sheep's milk, but it's not sheepy. Yeah. So it's that's that's a, a hurdle. Cheese. That's those are those are typically the hurdles to get over because okay, so where do you draw the line between what is normal, regular, everyday person cheese and what's fancy cheese? Yeah, and you can kind of do a little detective work, like okay, which fancy cheeses have they tried already and not liked? Sometimes mm-hmm. people just don't like goat cheese because it's got that goaty tang to it, mm-hmm. and they're not into it. Right. And they grew up in and that would Wisconsin. And that would equally transfer over to sheep cheese. That would equally... Tra- sometimes yeah. 
Milk, this is important to say, milk from different animals tastes different. Oh, yeah. It all has its own flavor, and that's part of the joy of eating cheese from different animals and mixing and matching. And ooh, <laughs> it can be delightful when you're into it. But sometimes you're just not into goat cheese. No. And or smelly find, cheese. Or smelly cheese. Yeah, washed rind cheeses. Or blue cheeses. Stinky cheeses. Blue cheeses. That's, and I, I'll, I'll out myself right now as when I started this job, didn't like blue cheese. And I'm, I've been slowly working on that, tasting more and more And I've been working on cheese. him also. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Veronica has been trying to indoctrinate me into the ways of blue. Oh, blue is wonderful. There's some brainwashing that's happened. Yeah. My sister-in-law, when I go home to visit, of course, because I'm a cheesemonger, it's expected. I need to bring cheese. And Definitely. usually it's within the first five questions that get asked of me when I come through the door. It's like, oh, how are you? It's so good to see you. What cheeses did you bring? <laughs> <laughs> and my sister-in-law is not into brie cheeses or blue cheeses. She's Korean. She's okay. she's not she's not into those. Sometimes I try to be like, well, maybe you want to try just a little bit of this, and she'll you know she'll she'll give a little nibble, a little try. But I always bring like a really great cheddar for her. Yeah. Or uh, any of the, the dry, hard goudas and things she really likes. That's a really great tactic. Pick a cheese that they already like and then get, like, the, the fancy, fancy version, version of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Those are those are great ways. I think just getting people to, to open their eyes to something, maybe in a category, yeah, they already like, and then just showing them something more fancy in that, I think that uh, that helps... Uh, grease the rails for like maybe sliding into some other fancy yeah, things because yeah, yeah, it yeah. kind of dip your toe in the it's all yeah. it's all a slippery slope into just falling into like full cheese nerddom yeah and i on that note i'm going to give a piece of advice here that i have to say this is not official co-op advice this is my personal advice based on personal experience and uh if my boss is listening or anyone <laughs> in upper management at the co-op uh episode's over you can go home. Uh, thanks for listening. But for the rest of you that are still here, uh, pair your cheese with copious amounts of alcohol for the first time if they're not into fancy cheeses. Because that will deaden their senses enough that they're like, oh, this cheese is great. It'll loosen up their inhibitions. Yes. Oh, yeah. I have been to parties where people have eaten cheeses and loved them. And then the next day they think, wait, I ate a poisse last night? What? Yeah, and a poisse, for those of you at home, it's a washed rind, quite stinky, unusual flavor. It's it, it's out there it's in cheese. It's a classic land. French cheese, and it is a bright brick, rusty yeah. orange color, and the, the surface is all wrinkly and funky. It looks kind of like a moldy brain. It comes in a little round wooden box because it can't be contained with just regular wrap it needs to be yeah <laughs> yeah it'll it'll run all over it it needs its own box to hold its shape you cannot contain it wild yeah. cheeses were born to run free <laughs> and that is a wild cheese man <laughs> but with enough wine suddenly that cheese looks a little more accessible suddenly people are feeling a little braver yeah uh, obviously be safe and make your own decisions, especially in the legal sense. You're responsible for your own actions. <laughs> uh, I feel like I've, I've covered myself well enough there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last question here. Let's make it a good one from my list. Uh, 
How can I impress my foodie friends with my cheese selection? I feel like this dovetails really nicely into parties. Mm-hmm. So I want to have a party. Maybe there's going to be alcohol there. Maybe there's not. But the most important thing at any party, I think you'll agree, is the cheese. How can I impress if I've got friends that are like food snobs, mm. they're always watching Alton Brown <laughs> and all the cooking shows, and when I go to their house, everything's like Martha Stewart perfect, and I just want to like impress them. I want to win friends and influence people with cheese. With cheese, yes. Well, I think you can't miss by doing a basic, even just a basic cheese board. Yeah. Uh, we have previously had events at the co-op where we taught people how to make cheese boards. and It's easier than you think. It's so much easier it than you think. It doesn't have to be scary and overwhelming at all. Yeah. First, My first piece of advice, ask for help. Ask your local cheesemonger. I love building cheese boards for people. I love helping people pick the cheeses and telling them you know, how to lay it out and be like, oh, make sure you get some food Helping in there. Helping alleviate their anxiety about yeah. putting it together. Cheese isn't scary. It's not scary. No one should be looking to judge you for your cheeses so much as eat your cheeses. Right. Yeah. And if people are looking to judge you for your cheeses instead of eating them, you don't need that kind of negativity in your life. I don't want to tell you who to be friends with, <laughs> but you should be friends with people that love eating cheese as much as you do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but... If I, if I was going to give you advice for how to build a cheese board, uh, just really briefly, this is a, a big topic, and there are whole... People have made careers out of teaching people how to build cheese boards. But variety. Don't have all your cheeses look the same or taste the same. A uh, great way to build variety is different shapes, colors, milk from different animals. Yes. And... Uh, you don't... Variety doesn't mean lots and lots and lots of different kinds of cheese. You want to have, like, maybe three to five cheeses That's on a your great cheese number. board. And when you start building your cheese board, put the cheese down first. And scatter it artfully on your board, thinking in your mind that you're going to leave room to have other things on your cheese board. Like yes. those lovely charcuterie meats that maybe you've tried out and you really like. I was definitely going to say that. A big, like, beginner cheese board mistake is having it be just cheese. But cheese boards definitely throw... A whole lot of accessories in there. Right, because... nuts, fruits, charcuteries. Everybody's going to want to nibble and snack off of that cheese board. And if you have a a variety of salty things, creamy things, some sweet things maybe. Yeah. Some smoky roasted things. Some acidic things. Those are great with cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything you like eating with cheese, even if it's corn nuts, put that on your cheese board. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Mustard. Other condiments. Yeah. Drizzle some honey on the blue cheese. Oh, yes. Drizzle some honey on the blue cheese. Yeah. Also, maybe drizzle that honey on some of the other things on your board. And see how you like Yeah. Drizzle it on those almonds, too. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Experiment. Have fun. And that will definitely wow your foodie friends. Yes. And you'll be surprised at how easy it was to put it together. A pretty board helps, but isn't totally necessary. Yeah. Yes, yes. Go forth. Impress your friends. Eat cheese. Have cheese parties once it is socially responsible and medically safe to do so. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think that's got to be our last question for the day. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. This was lovely. Uh... 
If you enjoyed this topic and want more content like this, you can subscribe to our email list. Uh, you can visit northcoast.coop, that's C-O-O-P, slash cheese dot P-H-P. Please follow the North Coast Co-op on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at northcoast.coop, C-O-O-P. Uh, or you can come and visit either of our cheese departments, located at 811 I Street in Arcata and 25 4th Street in Eureka. Come say hi. And remember, cheese the day. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.